On today's episode of the TV Yearbook, we will talk about sleeper agents, large rim glasses, and more chest hair. Welcome back to another episode of TV Yearbook, a podcast exploring the best and worst of 1980s television. We three co-hosts, Dom, James, and Greg, are beyond unqualified for this, other than our love of all things TV and all things 80s. Thanks, Dom. So I'm Greg, and we're at we here at TV Yearbook, and we call ourselves TV Yearbook because just like your high school yearbook handed out superlative awards, <laughs> i.e. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i.e. the best odds of being a cat lady and worst odds of dating a cat lady, we too will be handing out awards for best and worst episodes of different popular television shows that aired sometime during our lifetime. Also, I will be enjoying a craft soda during each episode. Gentlemen, would you like to know today what I'm trying? I'm dying to hear it. Love to today, know. I will be sampling money bags, a root beer <laughs> slash cola from the legendary Gene Simmons. And no. if you just go to GeneSimmonsMoneyBag.com, you'll be I don't able to want find... to type that into Google. <laughs> no, just type it in your browser, GeneSimmonsMoneyBag.com. This sounds like it's a trap. I'm going to misspell it, in... and I'm going to get in trouble. In episode number two, uh, this is not a plug for Gene Simmons. He did not ask us to do this. <laughs> we have no relationship with Gene Simmons whatsoever. No, but I'll be enjoying... Uh, a little money bags here. Money bags, cola. I said root beer. I meant cola. You said it like a 1920s like, <laughs> booze bag. rack. I'm eating money bags. Hey, we're going to get some money bags, cola here. <laughs> did you say your name? Greg. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I am your third host, James. The TV yearbook, the way this works, um, in this case, Dom picked the show, so... Uh, one of us goes on the internets and finds, by popular opinion, what is considered the best episode, what is considered the worst episode. We then watch it, we make notes, and then we talk about it. And today, we are going to be talking about a television show that ran from 1980 to 1988 and starred the forever young Tom Selleck mm-hmm. as Thomas Magnum. Which, of course, we will be talking about Magnum P.I. So, what is Magnum P.I.? So, a brief flyover of what this show is. Magnum... P.I. P.I. standing for Private Investigator. Mm. He is on Hawaii. He's a Vietnam veteran. And he lives on an estate, think Cato Kalin with O.J. Simpson. Mm-hmm. Uh, except he has, <laughs> you know, a, a set of uh, a very uh, important, effective skills keeping things safe. There's a character, Higgins, who's his, a British, very type A personality, who's his foil. And he's sort of his supervisor. 
they live on the estate of Robin Masters, who we never actually see in the episode. And basically, Higgins is telling Magnum P.I. to do things for him, to keep the place safe, and, and uh, all kinds of shenanigans happen. So that's basically what we're doing. There's T.C., who's another important character, who's a, also a, a Vietnam vet in the show, and uh, he's a pilot. He uh, does helicopter tours. So now, let's hear a little bit about the best episode. Absolutely. So Dom picked out the best and the worst episode. We'll get to the worst episode and the second part of our episode today, but uh, the first, the best episode uh, is an episode titled, Did You See the Sunrise? It's a two-part episode. We're going to be specifically talking about part two of this two-parter, Did You See the Sunrise? So here's what happened in episode one and episode two. Our hero, Thomas Magnum, finds himself facing off against Ivan, the evil Soviet agent who's wreaking havoc. Most notably, part one features a death. Magnum's good friend, Mac, a good man, always smiling, was killed by Ivan. He died in a car explosion. Magnum's pretty torn up about it. We're introduced to this guy, Nuzo, a Vietnam War vet. Magnum, TC, and Nuzo, they escaped from a North Vietnamese POW camp. And now Nuzo's in Hawaii talking to TC and telling him that Ivan is back. Little do we know that Nuzo isn't the actual Nuzo. Rather, he's a replacement Nuzo working with Ivan and the Soviets. There's a Japanese prince or prime minister or something coming to Hawaii, and Magnum's trying to figure out how it all connects. We have some officers in the Navy trying to work things out, including the death of Mac. There's these two guys, Admiral Hawks and Colonel Buck Green. They're throwing their weight around. Also, we have Lieutenant Maggie Poole, who's super smart, with 80s glasses, who probably is smart enough to be running the entire operation. Hawks and Green have a bunch of fellows working around the island. They're tapping phones, running operations, trying to connect all the dots. But it becomes clear that only Tom Selleck can truly stop the friend murdering Ivan and the undercover Soviet agent Nuzo from waking a sleeper agent and completing their evil plan. And so what is their overall plan? We have Ivan and the sleeper agent, not the sleeper agent, but Ivan and his good friend Nuzo, who is a Russian agent, and they are planning to assassinate the Japanese minister or prince or prime minister who is arriving on Hawaii. And the way that they're choosing to do this is through a sleeper agent. In this case, that sleeper agent is TC. They are going to wake him up and he is going to be programmed or reprogrammed to kill the Japanese prime minister. And it's up to Magnum P.I. to stop his good friend T.C. from killing the prime minister of Japan. Mm-hmm. Very complicated episode here. There's a lot going on. Two-parter, yeah. Yeah, so we start with the beginning we meet Nuzo. Well, for us watching this episode for the first time. Because I never watched Magnum P.I. growing up. No, yeah. neither did I. I mean, I, it's, I was, I think I was too young, but I knew, I knew Magnum P.I. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But we meet Nuzo at the beginning of this episode and the dude's crazy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, one, he's by himself. Two, it's noon and he's drinking. <laughs> Three, he's wearing a headband made out of a, t- a necktie. <laughs> and four, he's holding an M16. This is just a recipe for disaster. In suburban Hawaii. In suburban (laughs) Hawaii. It's the 80s, though. I mean, On his deck in full view. (laughs) So you really start off just he's completely nuts. Well, and it it, it appeared to me that he was 
at the beginning of the episode, you know, he's sort of like, all right, he's a, here's a new character. And they're driving to, I guess, TC's apartment. And he puts, there's a moment where he puts on the bandana. And I, that was like the moment where he sort of changes. And as the episode mm-hmm. goes on, he just gets more and more out there. And, and uh, it was, I thought it was quite a twist to hear that he was not Nuzo at all. Because they supposedly, this was like a Vietnam buddy. So it was weird to me that they didn't pick up. Well, they were all in a prisoner of war camp. Right. Right. In Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I really liked at the beginning, just they really set the tone. There's the scene towards the beginning where they're in the colonel's office and the the Navy, they're trying to figure out like what's going on. Like they know like something's up with the Russians and somehow Magnum is involved. Uh, but they really wanted to make sure to set the tone of like men and women are not equal <laughs> at all. <laughs> Poor right. Maggie. Poor Maggie. I mean, yeah, Maggie with her big glasses. Like she's she's the smart one explaining like what's possibly happening. And the colonel just looks at her and like says, Did you just make that up? Yeah. And just completely just brushes her off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's I mean, it speaks to Magnum's character a little bit because there's a line where he's you know, sort of speaks up for her. You know, he he confronts the colonel and says, "Don't or the admiral, don't tell me what to do, admiral. I'm not one of your boys anymore." Oh yeah. And then he pauses mm-hmm. and looks over at Maggie, and he goes, "Or girls." <laughs> 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 yeah. So i i had I had a question. So when pretty early on, like after all this is happening, like we we kind of find out that Ivan is chasing or trying to like kill magnum and tc and nuzo he's like coming back to do this magnum finally believes it right it apparently episode like just last night magnum was standing next to a car that exploded right his buddy mag his arm is in a sling right he can barely move it it hurts to do anything Mm -hmm. but the plan to kind of out ivan is to get TC's van, drive out into the open, and then Magnum's just going to jump out of a moving car uh, to flush out Ivan. (laughs) It doesn't really seem like the most thought-out scene ever written in television. Yeah. Well, so let me ask you guys. Were you surprised that this was like a huge... The best episode of the, of the series. This is a long running series. Um, I was yes, and I was more surprised when I read um, in doing my minimal research that I did that this episode is considered top one hundred episode of all of television. Of all time, like it's, like, it's like num. It's in the eighties <clears throat> of all time. Like all time, all of television. Wow, see that's a surprise. This is considered one of the best. I mean, I liked the episode, but it, it was, you know, there were some loose, you know, you identified that some loose things. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed the episode for a couple of reasons. First off, because just the outdoor shots in Hawaii were fantastic. This was not done in a Hollywood studio. This was done outdoors, really great helicopter shots, really great car shops, like, like the ones where Magnum jumps out of the car. I like that. I love it mm-hmm. when anyone 
at any time <laughs> jumps out of a car. Moving car. He has car shrapnel in his shoulder, and yeah. he yeah. just jumps out of the car. Yeah. And Ivan just starts killing with abandon. He shoots a guy, like, working on the telephones. Mm-hmm. Like, right in the back. Yeah. Uh, it was just, I don't know. Well, when you teach a man to kill, what do you expect? You know? Ivan is it the was... antagonist. We're meant to hate him throughout this episode. I know, but it's just it just seemed like a very poorly choreographed action scene. Mm-hmm. Magnum yeah. does not know where this sniper is. I don't know anything about military maneuvers, but I'm pretty sure that if you don't know where a sniper is, the answer is not, well, let's just run out in the open. Flush him out. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if someone else is paying attention to where the sniper might be, but yeah, to do that as the one and only would be weird. But Kent, let's go back to that sniper thing. So do you remember the guy in the telephone pole? There's a yeah. there's a guy on the telephone pole who is he's tapping the guy. lines he's tapping the wires to, as part of the naval investigation, right right, and he's up there and he's got a strap under his buttock, and it's keeping him <laughs> it's keeping him there, and we the sniper who turns out to be Ivan, uh, is shoots him and then he goes fully limp weakened at Bernie style, and he's just dead <laughs> dangling. Right, so he's dangling from this telephone yeah, pole. He has been shot. There. He's a real lieutenant dangling. And I don't know why he doesn't fall, but he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, Magnum sneaks up and he says, "Hey," he you know yells at the guy. He says, "Hey, keep pretending to be dead." And the guy's not dead. Somehow. <laughs> well, what he tells him to do is, "Hey, I know you're 20 feet up in the air, <laughs> and you just got potentially mortally wounded through the back." Just cut your strap and fall to the ground on your face. <laughs> I go, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it was weird. Ooh. But it was a good yeah, stunt. I, I mean, for TV, it was an interesting stunt. So a lot of this episode oh. centers on, on TC. All right. Because TC is a great guy. But it should be said the Soviets reprogrammed him without knowing. And now Nuzo he is the Russian's point man in Hawaii who has been undercover apparently since Vietnam, which is like 15 years ago. That's commitment. And, and Nuzo, who, by the way, looks like a low-rent Alan Alda or low-rent <laughs> Bill Pullman. It's one of those two. I can't determine which one it is. But Nuzo is going to uh, really, really, uh, I don't know, give, give TC the chemicals, I guess, that's yeah. going to turn him. By way of yeah. gum. <clears throat> yeah, he gives gum. him gum, which is laced with something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it man gum. And that <laughs> that's also what you find when you search for Gene Simmons money bags. <laughs> but, I mean, money bags. gum is laced with something. Is it really that easy just to get people to do what you want? Like... Just get some drugged up double bubble. Yeah, in Soviet and Russia, just give it to it's very easy. For a few years, and it's just <laughs> hey, get them to do anything you want. Apparently, yeah. I'd love to know what the drug is. They never identify what it is. It's ambient, but it's no. you know, it's got to be you know only in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I, I whatever it is, I suppose so. I suppose you know that. that's either way. Uh, Ivan is going to show you, up if you needed to drug someone. To do something for you, what would it be? Oh, 
If I needed uh, to drug someone to do something for me, if it was that easy, you could just go to the oh, store. I got it. I got it. Pick I up know. some. Yeah, I got it too. You go. I would. I would drug someone to Marie Kondo, the ass <laughs> out of my house. <laughs> I would drug someone, and that would just happen. That's what I would do. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I had uh, uh, great essays. Got a big stack of essays, and I have to imagine they will do them very speedily. <laughs> That's what I would say. They just need to be graded? Yeah. Grading essays is the worst, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, but do they need to be graded correctly? Well, yeah. I don't know if the drug gum I would not waste does that. TC seems this... pretty effective after he's been <sighs> drugged up at what? You, at... Okay, you're telling me you would waste a drug of this caliber on work? No. Dude, you would sucks. waste it on someone cleaning your house. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, my own kid, so I don't have to you. clean up after him. <laughs> James, you're the tiebreaker uh, here. <laughs> yeah, what's your answer? Uh, I don't, I don't know if I could say it on the air. Oh, teaser! You have to find a metaphor. No, uh, we'll put this have... in bonus content for paid subscribers to TV yeah, Yearbook. No. I would drug all the quotes. listeners to uh, tell their <laughs> companies Listener. to send us money <laughs> to support this show so we can quit our jobs. That's exactly <laughs> what I would use it for. Ah. Anyway, what were we talking about? Gum. So, uh, TC gets this gum uh, from Nuzo. Ivan shows up at this campfire after TC is turned into this basically Manchurian candidate. Oh, yeah. Ivan shows up, drops the N-word twice. Yes. So yeah. we know he's I mean, really, really bad. That freaking he, like, 80s. trilled his R's in that or something. And then the plan <laughs> begins, don't... and it becomes clear. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, he had a little bit of flourish in it. I mean, yeah, oh, you, yeah. Don't, you, don't, you don't expect to hear the N-word coming from a Soviet Russian, I don't think. Sure it, don't. He, this was this was my thought on maybe a more serious note. This was done primetime broadcast television. Mm-hmm. That can't happen today, right? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, I don't, don't know. I mean, don't it would happen so. in like cable. Maybe HBO. Potentially. Even there, yeah. I don't know if it's happening. If you just turn 7 o'clock NBC or whatever. Yeah, no, and it's not happening. The fact that in television, the N-word, you know, if you remember the SNL with Richard Pryor and Chevy oh, Chase? Yeah. I don't oh, know. Yeah. You know. That was late 70s, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, five years or whatever before this episode comes out. And, you know, you fast forward 15 years and, and even 10 years. And I don't think there's a chance that the N-word is out in primetime television yeah. on, you know, network TV. Yeah. But anyway. either way, we really, really hate Ivan here, and <laughs> and, and the plan starts unfolding, and um, the the plan is to for TC to steal a helicopter and then make his way to uh, the Japanese Prime Minister, who is going to like a special uh, this public event. Public event. Yeah. And TC steals the helicopter in the most absurd way. There are no fewer. Than twenty marines, marines who let TC take a military helicopter. I mean, two people just—they just drive a Mercedes in. Apparently, they just park their lethal helicopters right at the entrance to these military bases. (laughs) 
running. Um, <laughs> and no one can shoot anyone. <laughs> they are all terrible shots. But here's here's another part of why I kind of didn't like this episode. So in between TC stealing the helicopter, Magnum is in a meeting with the colonel, the admiral, Maggie, who just keeps getting shut down in every corner. They, they realize that Nuzo is not who he says he is. They realize what the plan is. Why are they having this public event knowing that there is a credible threat? Why yeah. are they still having this? He has question. a schedule, James. Yeah, that's, I, I just, that's schedule. the unbelievable part here. I don't know. I think, it, I, you know, I, that just, it, it's, you know, inefficiencies again. Big government coming back to bite you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, uh, Obamacare. Well, <laughs> 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 <What>? <laughs> well, so towards the end, they TC gets to the temple or wherever they're holding the ceremony. Magnum gets there, talks him down. Everything is fine. And it all culminates to Ivan, because he's a diplomat, or that's his title, he, he's going to get away scot-free. Yeah, he, after he, he killing dies. Mac. Right, yeah, after right, killing right. Mac, after doing all this, and that's not good enough for Magnum. And so he sets up a ruse to isolate him, pulls him out of his car, walks him deep into the woods. And I tell you what, this ending... I, I, the episode was okay for me, but this ending was incredible. Yeah. I, I, I thought the way that the cinematography of it was great. I thought the acting was impressive. The dialogue was compelling. You know, it, have we talked about what, did we say what happened at the end? No. Mm. Should I say that now? Yeah. Or do yeah, we? Yeah, we should wrap up. So, so yeah, so Magnum like does something a little bit out of character but it seems like a natural outcome like we kind of just understood like he would make this choice that he's has a gun on ivan ivan says basically you're not going to shoot me he starts walking away magnum as a reference to his friend who blew up in the first episode asks ivan if he saw the sunrise ivan says yes and he turns around and he shoots him in the face. That's <laughs> a fade to black. I thought it was so much more effective that the end of it, you don't see Ivan fall to the ground. Right. It stops on Magnum's face with the flare of the gun coming out. Yeah. And I, I thought that was just yeah phenomenal. That scene alone helps me. I, I still don't get it, but helps me to understand why some people think this is one of the best episodes in all of television yeah yeah no i mean he right before he you know he's saying there's a failed attempt on the you know this japanese vip and so he's like who's next reagan uh thatcher whatever and you know ivan basically like you said challenging him just you know shoot me or don't i got a plane to catch something like that and and he shoots him he shoots him yeah and so it was quite an ending to to the two part story here why do villains say that? You can't shoot me. There's no way you're going to shoot me. 
There's not. It's I, not going to happen. That's your only play, right? I mean, I guess. I mean, but... kind of the mind game. Because Ivan said it and started walking away. And for a moment, you kind of thought he's going to get away. Magnum's not going to do it because Magnum's the hero. And yeah, he was unarmed. I don't know if you said that. So that was part of what Ivan was saying. Is like, you you know, you have too much honor. I know you. Right. I had you in a prison camp. And you're not. there's no way you, you're that guy. Fine. The next time... I'm getting robbed. I'm just going to look right at him and say, you can't, there's no way you can't rob me. You're not going to rob me at all. You have I, to shoot me. I don't know if it works. I don't if think you're it works guy. with robbing. I think if you say that, you're going to get clubbed over the head. Why? <laughs> They're both villains. Wait, you're, <laughs> you, how many times have you been robbed so no far? Point. Rarely. It's just the reverse psychology. I found an interesting move here. It was good. So okay. So anyone, any other thoughts about why this is the best of Magnum PI? To me, it was the ending. I think anytime you have an episode with a Manchurian candidate, a sleeper candidate, uh, not a Manchurian candidate, a Manchurian like uh, agent here that can wake up like this per se, and and do your bidding. I think that's always a great premise for a show. If if you can turn what is a main character in the show into a potential ally of of the bad guys in this particular case, I think it's great. Tom Selleck, I've never seen an episode of Magnum P.I. at this time. He exudes charisma. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, yeah. we watched, so last time we watched uh, Knight Rider with David Hasselhoff. And here I was thinking Hasselhoff had charisma and chest hair. And then Tom Selleck comes along with even more charisma and even more chest hair, yeah, yeah. and it's great. Yeah, he was very charming. Maggie was very into him. What the crap is Higgins wearing? <laughs> he he owns nothing but khaki, apparently. Oh man, khakis, no belt, Higgins. no fly. Yeah, and, and then he has a I've, very I've, effeminate I've, teapot, though. Well, I believe his actual outfit is called a jumper. Uh, why do you know <laughs> that? That's, isn't that like the all onesie? Yeah, why you put on toddlers? Isn't that what it's called? Oh, because of the toddlers in your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that makes sense. So, should we move on to the worst episode? Yes, let's move on. Stop! Whatever you're doing, stop it. Hi, Higgins. Don't hire Higgins me. Just get you and your juvenile delinquents out of here. Okay, so the worst episode. Season one, episode, I don't know, who cares? Um, it's called The Ugliest Dog in Hawaii. Great title. This episode is, there's this dog that these gangsters want to get their hands on for some reason. And they keep failing. Magnum is charged with protecting this dog. Uh, and the whole episode is basically Magnum and the dog and this incompetent woman being chased by these gangsters who want the dog because a Swiss bank account is tattooed on the dog. Yep. And that's it. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a rough episode. So the this old sort of has-been gangster. Uh, oh, Uncle Vic. He's played by Michael Gatso who actually, you would, might be surprised to learn, was nominated for an Academy Award. At for this? Point. No, no, no. <laughs> for, no, <laughs> no he, was in, he was in The Godfather Part Two, And uh, he That's actually... That's good that he's found work. 
yeah. <laughs> a little known film. And his, uh, he played the role of uh, a Frank. Uh, and uh, he lost the Academy Award to Robert De Niro for the same film. Anyway, mm. so he's a he's yeah. a good actor in theory, but maybe can only Not do in this the role. one thing. Well, Mister Mister DiGiorno has two goons with him, Steve and Mitch, and I don't know how many are goons you, there are in are the world. Are you sure that's their names? Steve and Mitch. Steve and Mitch, yeah. and these two goons, they almost take the dog like three times. They hatch a plan to steal the dog at the airport. But it fails. They hatch a plan to steal the dog at the animal shelter. It fails. They hatch a plan to steal a dog a third time. It fails. And they suck. They this just... whole episode—it's a Roadrunner cartoon. Yeah, that's what it is. It is. It's these gangsters, <laughs> their failed attempt. This the entire comedy of the episode revolves around the over-the-top Italian impression from Mr. DiGiorno. Yeah, I mean he's—he even says at one point. I'm going to get that mutt if it's the last thing I do. Yeah. A Scooby-Doo reference. Yeah. I mean, it's I ridiculous. The quotes from Mr. DiGiorno are, are many. <laughs> he is, yeah, give us he a, is give having us a, a great smattering. time, though. What, what are the quotes that you wrote down here? Just he is having happen. a great time. He is shouting at bikini girls on the beach. He's got his <laughs> shirt open, too. He is loving life in Hawaii. Meanwhile, Steve, one of the goons who went to Yale, is doing paperwork. Yeah. He is all like, what are you doing? In my day, we didn't do a bunch of paperwork. Here are some actual quotes from Mr. DiGiorno. Uh, my luck is still with me. He takes off his hat. He strikes his goon. Uh, he does that here. He says, give me that piece. When I was banging back in 1934, yeah, you see the college kid grew up. And of course, yes, I'm going to get that mutt if it's the last thing I do. He is talking about Al Capone. One of my favorites. I mean, great. Okay, it was over the top. It was stupid. But it was so dumb, it was funny. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of my favorite lines that he gave was like, he's in the car. He's like, now you guys, you're going to go in and get my dog. Real simple, real fast. In and out. Anybody gets in your way, bing, bang, boom. <laughs> I love I love the part late in an episode where they're lost in this uh, old banana uh, plantation field, right? So there's tall, there's a big chase, and there's uh, some some locals who are growing marijuana, and the the young goons say to their uncle. You know, to Giorgio, that oh, they're it's explaining just, why they're getting shot at. Explaining why they get shot at by these guys that are you know trying to grow their grass, and he goes, "They gotta be moonshiners. There's gotta be a still around here somewhere. They're growing grass. We've stumbled into their patch. Grass? Why would anybody be growing grass in a banana patch?" <laughs> it's like doesn't get the slang and it's just i mean there's some horrible episodes that you should just not watch but this one is comedic it's hard to watch but i will say i was able to watch this in one sitting yeah as opposed to the worst episode of night rider which took me three <laughs> separate times because that, <laughs> that was terrible so i so back up to the beginning. The whole reason this is happening is this dog is in quarantine. Because I didn't know this. Did you know that Hawaii is rabies free? No. There is no is rabies true? on 
Yes. Huh. That's the reason why they have a pet quarantine. If you bring an animal to the island, you have to have it quarantined so that they can check it out to make sure it doesn't have rabies. Oh, I missed. I totally missed that. They don't explain it in the episode. Oh, okay. I went and like researched or looked up like why like is this a thing? Because they because they didn't explain it, I kind of felt like is this common knowledge? Uh, um, I see. But that's that's why they quarantine. Yeah. So it looks like this rich woman's dog is being, you know, for whatever reason in the kennel. She hates it because she's rich, and she loves her dog, and then. Uh, so Magnum actually is attacked by the goons early in the episode. Well, hold on. We need, I want to say something first, because in this episode, the first time we see Magnum P.I. is he's coming out of the ocean with his shirt off. This is season one. They're trying to establish a sex appeal, I have to believe. I'm only going to say it made me uncomfortable to watch it simply because at that moment was when my wife walked into the room to see that, to see that and she lingered a little too long. Well, yeah. So it does say something, Greg, as you mentioned earlier, to what Tom Selleck does bring to the role of Magnum P.I. He has it. He does. No question. He, I mean... I can see why Monica liked him in Friends. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where most people would know Tom Selleck from in the 90s. <laughs> Richard! Right. What about three men and a baby? Anyway. Seeing that? Uh, Quigley Down Under. Quigley Down Under. <laughs> and Footloose. No? <laughs> Tremors 9. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, anyway, Dom, what were you talking about? The uh, kennel? Yeah, the kennel. I gets attacked by these, these hapless goons, which is yeah, hard for me to... Terrible kennel. I mean, these, guys, these goons throughout the episode are t- horrible. And I was... I question how Magnum, who in the previous episode jumps out of a car with one arm and, you know, takes on a sniper and like, how did these, how did the Yale kid beat up Vietnam veteran, you know, get the better of. Well, they, he, and they injected him with something. I know, but I just feel like he should have been better than that. Should have given him a piece of gum. He could have helped (laughs) him for the rest of the episode. (laughs) Well, this episode can really be broken down in two parts. One thing I noticed in the first 14 minutes is they had two fourth wall breaks. So two times they where did, yeah. Higgins and Magnum both like look at the camera, right. which I don't I don't know what what that means other than it seemed dumb. Yeah. And then at the 16 minute mark, that's where the chase happens. Okay. Like two thirds of this episode <laughs> just revolves around these gangsters chasing Tom Magnum PI with. Al- with Sir Algy and whatever that woman's name and was. Sharon from the department Sharon. board, the board of agriculture who yeah. is deathly afraid of dogs, which yeah. adds, um, I which would say weird. three to six inches of depth to Sharon's character. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. It was weird. I guess, I mean, I guess I, I, I like you guys, I haven't watched Magnum PI. But I assume in every episode there's some, you know, female that he's trying to, you know, woo. Or in, in this case, it was someone whose job it is to work with animals who's terrified of dogs, which is weird. 
It's just weird. Well, there wasn't a woman in the best episode. Yeah, Maggie. Remember? That doesn't that oh, doesn't count. Maggie and Maggie goes on to be in ten more episodes, by the way. She becomes after, a recurring oh, character. She does, yeah. So she After that episode yeah, she does? You don't remember yeah. So remember how the Admiral was had set up Maggie to To go on a date with him. Basically to kind of, you know, seduce him into, you know, getting information or something. There was some weirdness going on. I liked the chase. Two-thirds of this episode was a chase, and I thought it was great because we have Sharon, who is, again, not written well, in my opinion. Uh, We have Magnum, who always knows what to do. We have the dog, who's, like, giving away their location all the time. And then we have these three Italian guys in full suits wandering in the Hawaiian <laughs> wilderness, right. which was great. Yeah. Which was great. They're climbing over fences. They don't show the old man climbing over the fence. I would have loved to see that. But... That would have been good. Oh, it would have been great. The whole chase starts with they're in the car. Magnum realizes they're being tailed. And so what do you do when you realize you're being tailed? You immediately pull over into a gas station, oh, yeah. and you go and use a payphone that's fifty yards away. Ridiculous! Yeah, they have. It's so they have dumb. the valuable dog that they're trying to protect, and he leaves the woman who's terrified of dogs in there with the dog, knowing he's being tailed. And does he park near the payphone? No, doesn't make any sense. And so, of course, the goons get out. Take the dog. He doesn't get there in time, or try to take the dog. Uh, it's just the entire <laughs> chase storyline. I I think takes about thirty five minutes. There's at least ten minutes of footage that is just it's it's wasted. It's long shots of just them running, or walking, or driving, or just filming them standing at a door. There are horrible voiceovers. Because I have to think they realize, <laughs> based on what we film, nobody really knows what's happening right now. We need to call these actors in to give <laughs> voiceovers to like yeah. give us some dialogue so that this actually works. And they're dragging this dog by a leash. The dog weighs eight pounds wet. <laughs> Just pick him up. Just pick him up and run. <laughs> That's all I could think about for that entire chase section is just... You're suggesting How that 33 minutes could have happened. been done in three. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of other things happened in the chase, but, I mean, it could have been a 30-minute episode as opposed to an hour. I don't know. Toward the end, we get that full pan down Higgins' leg, and those khaki socks <laughs> are nearly to the knee, <laughs> which nearly means the... Higgins, I thought they were to the knee. other than the patella, is all khaki. He's and it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tom Selleck shorts at the end are great. More than halfway up the knee. <laughs> Excuse me. But More than halfway up to the place the between his knees there you and go. thorax. There you go. <laughs> that was the style. That was oh, the yeah. style. Yeah. I mean, hold on. So speaking of Higgins and also to my point, I believe they had to know this sucked because... Higgins in the episode is quoted. Enough, enough. Entire episode is absurd. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Referring he says that. referring to the dog chase, but it was when they and that was a fourth wall 
Correct. Break. Yeah, they knew yeah. what they were doing. Yeah, they Which had to know. Just somewhat doing. clever, you know. To, you now, know. I will say in this episode, similar to the best episode, the ending did change some things for me because we find out in the end that the dog is actually Papa Victor DiGiorno. Oh yeah, yeah. The Giorgio. It's his dog, Giorgio. Yeah. He went to prison. His girlfriend, out of spite, gave the dog away. Right. It's like, this is his dog. So, yeah, he put the code on the dog. And that's why you don't learn that till the very end. Right. It's right. kind of the big aha that it is actually. To get to a did, bank account with some with some monies. Yeah. Right. It did right, make right. me feel for him. Just like, oh, it is. Yeah. It, it, is it his does dog. help you understand why he is shouting the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> why are you yelling in the car? I have to tell Give it me to that my eight year old. We Why need to head up to Chinaman's hat. Uh, I believe Asian American is the proper nomenclature. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh better, yeah, better Jeez. phraseology in the eighties. And 80s that's why, he, which is why he went on to establish a very successful uh, chain of pizza restaurants. Obviously, it's not delivery. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> As it were. Uh, yeah. Well, the episode. Well, Tom Selleck, again, is the only reason it's watchable, Yeah, I think. It's pretty uncanny just how, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? He's just magnetic. You're just kind of drawn to him on the screen. Yeah, the, the charisma. I mean, he, he's, he's got it. And he was... Charisma. I, yeah, he I, apparently he was... What did you say? He, he, huh? What did, Greg, what did you say? He oozes charisma. Oh, yeah. that's Did you hear some other kind of oozing? He titillates <laughs> us. <laughs> well, he was he was actually anyway. supposed to be Indiana Jones, uh, and I guess famously turned it down to do Magnum PI, which of course huh. goes on to Harrison Ford. So yeah, well, I think it worked out better for him. Hmm. I think Tom I think Tom Selleck has a better overall career. Than Harrison Ford. No. Harrison Ford has... Well, no, you can't... Harrison Ford has Star Wars. You're and joking, Indiana right, James? Jones. No, I'm not joking at all. That's what? ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is more ridiculous than the episode. That opinion. <laughs> I'm what? In, I'm incredulous that you're... <laughs> you can't believe that. <laughs> I absolutely believe no. that. Can I, can I give an explanation? I yes, hope you course. can. You okay. Can't. I don't think this is for posterity. <laughs> Harrison Ford, he was Han Solo. Yes. He was Indiana Jones. These are iconic, world-renowned characters that everyone knows and everyone's familiar with. But other than that, like, what is he doing? What other What is Harrison Ford doing other than going on talk shows and just Basically revealing to everyone that his brain is fried from all the pot that he's been smoking. (laughs) Like Tom Selleck, he was huge in the 80s, didn't have a lot in the 90s. I mean, he was on Friends. But like he like he's in one of the top rated shows right now on CBS Uh, and Blue Bloods. Like he's a. The Fugitive, Air Force One. I mean, Harrison Ford didn't do TV. I would argue that Harrison Ford, top 10 movie star of the 1990s. I mean, Top 10 male booby star of the 1990s. Meanwhile, Tom Selleck slumming it with Blue Bloods. 
I wouldn't. I don't watch Blue Bloods, but I'm not going to say that he's slumming it. No, I'm of course I'm saying relatively in comparison to Mr. Ford here. Blue Bloods actually is a really good show. I like Blue Bloods, but but I don't. I don't well, think. How about how about this? Do you think if it was switched and Harrison Ford was Magnum PI, would it be as good? No, I say no. No, I agree. Absolutely no, probably not. not. No. What about I mean, Harrison he, Ford? What about Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones? Would it be as good? I. I think so. Yes, no, I, I think know. it'd be even better. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Would he I be allowed so. to have a mustache in the 1930s? <laughs> <laughs> of course he would. Of course he would. But Harrison Ford was also Jack Ryan for all those movies. You know, he clear and present danger. Patriot. Okay, numerous, I forgot about. I forgot about those numerous iconic roles. But Air Force One is stupid. Sabrina. I don't like that movie. Wow. <laughs> The Fugitive. The Fugitive is a great movie. The Fugitive is a great movie. Standalone right. movie. I mean, he's Fantastic. great. He's great. The Fugitive is good. Well, he is. Harrison Ford has had great roles, but I think Tom Selleck, as a career, has been more successful. No. We'll have not to in a agree. not in a money making sense, but in a I can find work kind of sense. I, I think you would be in the minority <laughs> in the, of that particular opinion, but. Well, well, let's ask our listeners to. We'll go to our poll, <laughs> listener, in our show notes. Stop and pluralizing. You tell man. us. <laughs> <laughs> you tell us whether you think that Harrison Ford or Tom <laughs> Selleck has had a superior career. Career arc. <laughs> <laughs> and we will just let the listener settle this. Thank you. <laughs> I will call him tomorrow. <laughs> His name is Toby. And All you right. cannot make your wife vote for you. <laughs> okay. So now uh, we come, awards. Uh, yeah, now we come to the part of the episode uh, of the podcast where we like to give out an award. Now, we call it the Extra Mile Award because we know a lot of actors uh, put a lot of work into the show. And some of them, some of them are only on screen for like five seconds. But we here at TV Yearbook want to recognize those TV extras who really went the extra mile to let everybody know that, hey, I'm on TV right now. (laughs) (laughs) So, gentlemen, uh, when considering both episodes, did you have an extra mile award that you wanted to give out? I I definitely do. And for me, it was Maggie's glasses in the first episode. (laughs) They were enormous and they were round. And they were hard. I could not stop looking at them. So the, my extra mile goes to the prop or the person in charge of props. Uh, I loved her glasses. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I loved all the glasses in the episode. They were outstanding. The sunglasses, when Magnum goes into the kennel, those sunglasses looked amazing. Yeah, they were good. I liked all, I liked all the glasses. Good props. Good, but... good costuming throughout. All khakis for Higgins. My Extra Mile Award also is from the first episode here. And there is this moment when TC has stolen the helicopter. Somehow, 20 Marines could not stop one person from stealing a helicopter. <laughs> anyway, just tackle him. Stop shooting him. Just, just don't tackle him. Anyway, uh, he gets the helicopter. He's preparing to shoot at the Japanese prime minister. And there's a bunch of Secret Service guys around. And so the Secret Service guys get out their pistols, and they're getting ready to shoot the helicopter. But 
when they're ushering the prime minister into the temple or the Japanese prince, whoever it is, mm. there is a secret service guy holding a gun toward the sky and he is wearing the most delightful bell bottoms. And mm. I think <laughs> that's just fantastic because even though the seventies are over, the secret <laughs> service hanging is on. hanging on tightly to the set, to, uh, hanging on tightly to uh, the wardrobes that they had. And I just think it's really, really odd to see somebody who's professionally dressed, who is uh, protecting a really important person. And yet that extra mile <laughs> guy, he was there for three seconds. And I noticed, you know, and it was great. I am going to agree with you that this this is a fitting award because I remember that guy as well. Wow. <laughs> he he was lit, yeah he was on screen for like he's going up the stairs yeah, right right there and he just has his gun and he's just looking around frantically, just billowing yeah. his pants. Were that's a good pick. <laughs> that's a good pick. Not bad at all. So what do we got coming up next here? I believe it's my pick. Yes. Yes, it is. I believe it is. Excellent. <laughs> Allow myself to introduce <laughs> myself. <laughs> hey, guys, what do we got coming up next this week? <laughs> well, 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 let me tell you. <laughs> Money bags, part two. All right, fine. We'll cut that out. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. All right. Well, that wraps up. That wraps up Magnum <laughs> PI. Greg, what are you going to tell us about our next episode? Oh, I'd be show? happy to share. Uh, our next show that we have that we are going to be watching is one that I think we'd recognize quite quite a lot, and it is the A Team. So the A Team was a 1980s action television series running on NBC, starring a team of mercenaries who were sent to prison for the crime they didn't commit. They've escaped, and now they're helping people out. Got this team of four, but Hannibal, the leader, played by George Papard, stands out, and of course, Mr. T. Stands out as B.A. Baracus. And, oh, uh, I forgot to share. The Money Bags Cola. <laughs> man, oh man, Gene Simmons knows his cola. Two thumbs up for deliciousness. But, anyway. The A-Team ran from 1983 to 1987. Almost 100 episodes. And we'll be talking about this next time. Oh, and quick Mr. T-Fact. The line... I don't hate him, but I pity the fool. <laughs> <laughs> that, of course, is from Rocky Three, and I don't believe we're going to hear it very much in the A Team, unfortunately. But That's sad. is this like the role that made Mr. T, Mr. T, uh, or was he something before him? I can't speak to that exactly, but uh, that would require some outside research. And it seems like you two did some research for this episode. I did zero research. I didn't even watch the first part of Did You See the Sunrise? If indeed that is what the episode is called. <laughs> so you're asking a lot to do some research here, but... We will find out by next episode. How about that? We will. So that concludes uh, our episode of Magnum P.I. And another episode of TV Yearbook. Thanks for watching. Oh, yeah. They didn't watch it though. We're gonna Sign say it. they're watching. Signing off. I think. But I think podcasts. We're watching. Podcasters though like to say watching and viewers. Thanks for potting with us. I don't say watching a podcast. You can watch some podcasts that are. We visual. still don't really know how to end this, do we? This is the end. Well, that's my mama. Oh. <laughs>